Welcome to Writing the Wrong Way. This is a podcast for serious writers who want to develop their skills in artistry and stand out in a crowded industry by taking intelligent, creative risks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ball. I hold a PhD in literature. I'm the author of uh, numerous books, and I take a very analytical approach to art making, emphasizing both efficiency and experimentation. I have a new book coming out this year, published by Coach House Books, which is my first book in five years and my first poetry book in seven years. It's called The National Gallery, and it contains a host of strange poems, including twisted elegies from my iPhone, uh, sonnets about Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I got poems for my children, uh, a poem that campaigns to make me the poet laureate of hell, and all sorts of uh, strange you know, experiments. And if you go to jonathanball.com slash new book, so again, that's jonathanball.com slash new book, then you can read the nice things that people have to say uh, about the book. Uh, filmmaker Guy Madden has uh, some very nice things to say about it. It, uh, Giller Prize finalist Gary Barwin, uh, who wrote Yiddish for Pirates, uh, has some nice things to say about it. Uh, author professors Natalie Capel uh, and Daniel Scott Tisdall have some nice things to say. Uh, what I'll say is that it's called the National Gallery because the book is about what value art has today in our public lives and in our private lives and why we should or maybe why we should not create art. Uh, as writers, I think we sometimes have, to s- sometimes have to stop and ask the question, why write? Uh, so this book is my attempt to answer that question uh, by trying to turn what my poetry is inside out and do all sorts of things I've never done before in, in my poetry. Uh, so like I say, you can learn more about the National Gallery by going to jonathanball.com slash new book. Uh, and there you'll see a form where you can enter your email address and when you do that, I'll email you my favorite poem from the book. So this is a poem that is otherwise you know, not available uh, until you know, the book comes out. You'll get a sneak peek. And then when we get closer to the book coming out, I'll send you a bunch of information on how to order the book in a way that gives you access to all sorts of bonuses. I'm going to be giving away free books uh, and all sorts of you know, really you know, special uh, bonus material uh, for people who pre-order um, the National Gallery. Uh, so if you go to jonathanball.com slash new book and enter your email, I'll tell you more about the National Gallery when you do that. Uh, so now let's move on to the episode. One of the most common problems a writer faces, in fact, one of the most common problems people face, uh, is the question of how to focus. And I've devised a very simple, elegant answer, the focus form. Uh, so if you haven't heard me talk about the focus form before, today we're going to discuss it in some extreme detail. Uh, and it's a very simple form. It's a one-page form that you can make on any piece of paper or any you know surface, really. You can do it on a whiteboard if you like, um, though I just recommend a piece of paper. Um, and you can just make it. I'll describe how to make it uh, shortly. Uh, but you can also go download it from my website at jonathanball.com slash 32. Uh, there you'll find the show notes, this you know kind of article on the focus form. Uh, and you'll also find a link where you can download the form and uh, you can download it and print it. It's very, very simple, uh, very elegant, uh, simple answer, like I say. Again, if you go to jonathanball.com slash 32 or even just jonathanball.com slash focus form, uh, there you can find the focus form. Uh, now, here's the problem that the form is designed to solve. Before I get to the, the form and you know what I'm talking about, I know it sounds weird talking about focus form, uh, but here's the problem that people have. So if you're a writer, I'm going to use the writing, writing as an example, but 
um, you know, it could be anything that you're involved in trying to do. Um, so the problem is this. You sit down to write a short story. Next thing you know, you're on Twitter arguing with idiots about their idiocy. You wrote those tweets, but you didn't really do the writing you wanted to do, right? You wrote the tweets, but not what you had planned to do, the short story. How did this happen? You know, this kind of thing happens to us all the time. And it begins innocently enough. First, you know, you sit down to write your story. You know, you've got the goal. You're sitting down to do it. You know, we're past that point of just thinking through things. And now we're actually trying to do them. Um, then, you know, as you're working on that story or about to work on it, you get an idea for a poem. You pop open a new file and you think, oh, I'll jot down these lines for this poem. Get back to it later. Uh, maybe you just start writing the poem instead. And it's going okay, it's going good, but then you get hung up on a word. Then you think, oh, I've got to go uh, find a better word. So you check your thesaurus, you know, you go online and find a thesaurus. You find a word option that you don't quite um, remember the precise definition of this other word. So you look up that word. Now you're in a dictionary looking up words you know, or Googling, you know, the words. You are online already now, so you figure, oh, there's something I need to know for this story. I'll research that. So you start Googling that. You research it a little bit. Eventually, you get caught up in the online drift. You start moving from place to place. Before you know it, you're back. You're onto Twitter. Uh, you think maybe you'll just check it quick before you get off again and start with the story. Then, you know, this moron tweets something. You see it. It comes in your feed. It stresses you out. You know, how are people this stupid? You know, what is going to happen in the world with people like this in it? You get all worked up, you engage. You know you shouldn't engage, but you do engage because you can't help yourself. It's just the trigger of, you know, exactly the kind of idiocy you can't ignore. And you can't help yourself. You're all wound up. You reply, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, your phone goes off. You forgot that you set uh, an alarm because you got to leave the house. Um, Now the reminder comes up. you got to leave the house right away. If you don't want to be late, you know, you're leaving 15 minutes, which means you got to start getting ready now. You're out of writing time. You didn't do uh, what you intended to do. You maybe barely did anything. You were engaged in a lot of activity, but it wasn't focused. It wasn't what you first set out to do. It wasn't what you were trying to get done. Does this sound familiar? <laughs> you know, is this the kind of thing that you recognize yourself in? I know that I uh, can recognize myself in it. It's familiar to me. Um, So many things in the modern world now can take your focus away. In fact, they're actually designed to take your focus away. You know, we've got, you know, decades of psychological testing and, you know, all sorts of cutting-edge neuroscientific research that has all sorts of wonderful applications. But one of the applications that is a bit more negative is this uh, attention-grabbing application uh, that, of course, marketers social media itself you know it's just been designed to hijack our attention and to make us uh, pull away from the thing and towards their things um, the paradoxical irony of the writer's life is this uh, to me the very device that enables you to write you know your computer is also the single largest impediment to your writing so what should we do should we ditch our computers and go back to scribbling in longhand on legal pads Let's say you do do that. Do you then stop getting distracted? No, of course not. Your phone's still beeping, it's still going off. Well, even if you solve that problem, you put your phone in airplane mode, you put it in the other room, are you now free from distractions? No, you're stressing out about money. 
you're getting great new ideas that are cool but not the thing you're working on right now um, your hand hurts from holding the pen you know because you haven't had a held a pen this long since you wrote your last exam you know it's easy to blame the modern world and digital technology and our phones and everything for our distractions or the internets or you know these idiots who tweet but the problem is our brains you know so what can we do about it short of getting lobotomies or decades of therapy you know maybe both at least one a good idea potentially both um, my solution is to try the focus form so what I like about this focus form one is this uh, not just a digital tool uh, it's an analog tool although you could do it digitally right you could make a digital hack if you like um, you can download it like I say a, a PDF it's just a PDF file that you can get from a website jonathanball.com slash 32 or jonathanball.com slash focus form um, you can download it you can just use it on your computer and put notes on it you know as a PDF or whatever you want to do or you can print it out and use it you know as an object in the world which I recommend um, but however you do it here's how it works here's what it is it's just a simple piece of paper uh, with a cross drawn you know dividing it into four segments so you've got you know lined on the middle horizontally aligned on the middle vertically now you've got four uh, squares you've got these four quadrants in the top left quadrant you write what you want to focus on and why so before anything else you clarify what you want to focus on and why the what should be a work session goal that can feasibly be accomplished during the work session. So this is a very important concept. Say you've got an hour, and you're going to you know, do X for an hour. Say you're going to write something for an hour. It's, you've got to write on that form something you could write in an hour. So say I'm working on this screenplay. I got a screenplay for a film called Edenbridge that I've you know, been working on in different you know, fits and starts, uh, and I'm going to be you know, back to working on very shortly. If I'm working on my screenplay for Edenbridge, I don't write Edenbridge uh, on the focus form. That's a 100-page screenplay. I've got like an hour. You know, I can't write a 100-page screenplay in an hour. So instead, I write what I want to do in the next hour. Maybe it's write a particular scene. Maybe I want to draft the scene where Sarah dies. Okay, that's you know uh, a very short, maybe you know three to five-page scene. It's probably you know closer to three pages draft the scene where Sarah dies I can do that in an hour I don't have to have a final draft I don't have to have the whole thing the whole screenplay done I don't need a whole sequence just this one scene it's something I could do in an hour one way that you lose focus is you don't have it to begin with uh, you think about this large project that you're doing and you get overwhelmed uh, and what you need to have is a smaller part that's in front of you so again like the first step of getting focused is figuring out what you're going to focus on. And it's not like write my novel. It's do a small little portion of that right now in the next 30 minutes or whatever you know, time frame we're working with. You've got to focus on the part that you can accomplish right now. The first ingredient uh, in the recipe for focus is to actually focus, <laughs> to focus your efforts. Um, a book is a nice example because writing a book seems like I think an impossible task I like to say it's impossible to write a book um, you 
can't write a book. You can write a scene, you can write a page, you can write a sentence, but you can't like just sit down and write a book. I know maybe one guy who does that. He sits down, he starts writing, and then he finishes like three days later. He hasn't slept, and he's finished a book. So I know I think one person who I've ever heard has done that, like really actually done it. Um, and even then, you're not done. You know, you got to go through edits and everything, right? Um, you need to find the what you're working on first. It's easy to procrastinate when the project is too big and it's too overwhelming. And so you just have to start breaking it down. You know, what can you do in the time frame that you have? If you've got two hours, uh, well, you know, I maybe can't write a book in two hours, but I can write a thousand words in two hours. If that's too much, if it's really hard to work on this book, like I've been finding it a hard thing to write, then I'll drop it down. Maybe it's um, uh, 500 words in the next two hours. Um, what part of the urge to procrastinate and also uh, get unfocused is the urge to get away from the project, this task that's kind of stressful and overwhelming. Uh, and so if you still have that urge to procrastinate, just keep dropping down your um, goal. Like that what, when you're thinking of the what for the focus form, just keep dropping it down, like drop it smaller. If, you know, a thousand words in two hours is too much, then write, you know, 500 words in two hours. Or maybe write 500 bad words. I like to write that down sometimes. I'll write 100 bad words. I'll write a really bad scene where Sarah dies. I'll write just the dialogue for the scene where Sarah dies and not anything else in the script. Um, just the dialogue, though, just to kind of try to get um, the beats down. Uh, that's a bit of a tip that um, my friend Gregory Kamichik GMB Kamichik, if you want to Google him, uh, you told me once, you know, you want to write fast, write uh, just dialogue, get the story beats down, go through later in your second draft and start, you know, fleshing out the other things, take a lot of the dialogue and eliminate it or replace it with action. But, you know, just kind of get the voices of the characters and kind of how they're reacting to one another down first. Um, so I've done that um, in the past when I've needed to work really fast and it does you know work fairly well so thanks for that tip Gregory um, my friend uh, I have you know a few friends like uh, my friend Natalie Capel right now I'm doing it with my friend Peter Norman I've done it with uh, Sleeman Nawaz all great writers you should look up I'll, I'll again link to them in the show notes um, all those my friend Keith Cadieux right now we're doing this uh, we, we've all done at some point or other this thing where we just kind of report what we're our weekly goals to one another you know like here's what I'm going to do this week and then you know you tell them whether you did it or not um, it's a good habit to get into for the accountability but it's also good in just in terms of focusing you think okay what can I actually do in a week um, like in terms of the task I can't write a book in a week but I could you know edit 10 pages in a week or whatever it is um, and again don't be afraid to make it a small what make it something that you can do uh, Bad writing is better than not writing, <laughs> right? Is the, if you're putting out bad writing, at least you're still a writer. You know, if you're not writing is the problem, really. The point of this what, why section is that uh, when you catch yourself getting distracted, you can quickly draw your attention back to what you are supposed to do, be doing. Um, not in the grand scheme of things, but right now. So uh, this is the core purpose of the focus form, catching yourself and returning your attention to the task, you know, keeping a little physical, you know, 
piece of paper where you have physically written down what you're supposed to be doing. And then every time you're not doing that, every time you catch yourself not doing that, you go back to the form and you read it and you remind yourself of what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, now it's more than that, which I'll get to in a second, but that's the first uh, step and the kind of core thing. The form is to externalize uh, and clarify what you're actually supposed to be doing so that you can catch yourself when you're not doing that. And this is the most important part, this what. Now underneath the what, in the same quadrant in the top left, you write why. Why are you doing this thing? Why am I drafting the scene where Sarah dies? Uh, you know, for me, I usually just put a few bullet points here. You want a nice mix, I think, of practical reasons and more inspirational reasons. Um, so the point of me working on this scene where Sarah dies, say, might be, uh, you know, one, I got to move, you know, get the scene done uh, if I want to finish my draft. So that's where, you know, the whole project maybe comes to your mind. I got to do this scene right now, but I do have this bigger project in mind. Uh, it's an important scene. Uh, it's a hard scene that's going to need a lot of drafts. So I just need to get a bad version of it out so that I can start improving it. I know it's going to be a core scene that I got to rework a lot. I just got to get going on it. Uh, maybe I just want, broadly speaking, to practice writing a scene where somebody dies, like practice writing a death scene. Um, that's a certain type of scene, and it requires a lot of skill. And so, you know, you need to practice. So that might be a thing I write down. So now, so far, I've got like some sort of project ambitions. I've got um, kind of artistic reasons, uh, craft reasons that I'm working on the scene. Um, I hope to make some money. <laughs> like at some point, it'd be nice to, you know, make some more money off this script. Uh, that's not going to happen if it's not in existence so like it could be a very simple practical reason like oh i got someone's gonna give me 100 bucks when i finish writing this article or whatever um could be that you've got a deadline right it could be a more ambitious or uh, broad scale thing like my daughter is um you know in university now uh, maybe i want you know to write this article so i can like help her buy textbooks or something whatever it is it doesn't have to be lofty or though it could be um, it you know, it could be a nice mix of practicality, artistic, and so on. Whatever your reason is, it doesn't matter what it is, but you need the reason. Like you have to have a compelling reason uh, for what you're doing. If you don't have a compelling reason, it's going to be hard to get back to the task. Uh, you don't need many points here. You just need to have some sort of why that is motivating. You need actually good reasons to complete this task. Uh, it doesn't matter how much or how little you do it, but you, you know, in the, you write in this why section. Um, the problem is like if you don't have a good motivator, like if your why list is not motivating, then why are you doing it? That's the first sort of question here. So before you even start the task, like write down what you're doing and then write down why you're doing it. And if you can't come up with a good reason why you should do this thing, don't do it. If I couldn't come up with a good reason why I should write this Sarah death scene, then I would cut it from the script. Or I would reevaluate whether I should be working on this script, right? But if I can come up with a good reason, every time I get off task, I can come back to that, you know, what, and then remind myself why. Like, what's just reconnect to the motivation. Uh, when I really want to get something done and I just don't want to do it, like, say I've got a deadline and I like have that's my motivation is just I want to get this thing done. I'll sometimes just write over with, <laughs> get this over with, and move on to something more fun. You know, uh, sometimes that's your motivation, right? Or you could write a reward down, you know, uh, 
Why? Well, when I finish writing this thing, I'll reward myself eating, you know, my haunted ghost pepper chips or whatever. Uh, so if the art, of, it's better if the motivation is like a deep motivation that really moves you. Um, but it's fine if it's a surface motivation or some sort of, you know, superficial motivation, as long as it's compelling, as long as it's a reason, you know, to get going, whether you got to bribe yourself, you know, with some sort of reward or connect to your true deep feelings about why this work matters to you, either is fine for the next two hours. You know what I mean? Um, as long as you got a motivator so that every time you come back to re reminding yourself of what you're supposed to be doing, you can also kind of reconnect, you know, if only quickly with the why you're doing it. Then you start working. Now, how you use the form is this. While you work, you try to catch yourself once you get unfocused for any reason. And as soon as you catch yourself, you go to the form. Now, there's three things that usually unfocus people. So the other three quadrants are for these three th categories of things. Uh, so you can do it wherever you want. I, you know, but one quadrant is ideas. Um, often, you know, you get ideas while you're working on something, and that kind of pulls your focus away. The other thing is, uh, the other category is distractions. You know, things that are just literally distracting you from the thing you're supposed to be doing. So it's sort of a catch-all category for things that are not like a good idea, but you know, something else. So if you're writing a short short story and you get an idea for a poem, again, that's uh, something that is an idea that's distracting and you're pulling your focus away. But if you're writing a short story and um, you you know, just pops in your head like, oh, I wonder if you know Bob replied to my uh, email. And you start going to your email. Well, now you're distracting yourself with the email. Does that make sense? So that would be go in the distractions category. The other third category of just of uh, things that pull your focus is anxieties. You know, if you start worrying about something. So if you start worrying about, you know, I don't know something that happened that day, or uh, something that's going to happen later, or just you know worrying because. Uh, you know, your, your foot hurts, maybe my foot's, you know, going to be cut off, you know, whatever, whatever is like pulling your attention away in terms of an anxiety. That's the third category. So these are the three big categories of, of things that unfocus us, ideas, distractions, or anxieties. And each one has a part of the form. Uh, the key of this is that you catch yourself getting unfocused, and then you identify what is unfocusing you. Then you write it down in the appropriate box on the form. So if you're, you know, writing your short story and you think about that email from that you sent Bob and wonder if whether he's apply, replied at any point in that whole distraction process, whether it's when you, you know, first start thinking about it or if you find yourself opening the email or if you're writing the reply, whenever you catch yourself and just are like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to be doing this right now. I was supposed to be writing a short story. Uh, anytime you catch, whatever moment you catch yourself, you just stop what you're doing. So you quit the distraction, you go to the form, you write down the form, you know, replying to Bob's email under the distractions uh, column. Then you read what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> you reread it, right? I'm supposed to be working on this death scene. Then you reread why you're doing it. You just remember it's important to do this because it's due you know, the director wants to see it uh, next week. Then you go back to the task. You start working again. 
And that's the process. You catch yourself when you get unfocused. You figure out what unfocused you. You record it on the form. You reconnect. Uh, you remind yourself what you're supposed to be doing. You reconnect to why you're supposed to be doing it. Then you get back to work. Now, I want to walk through the three categories a little bit uh, before I get more broadly into like why you should use a form like this. So the first category is ideas. You know, you know when I get my best ideas, by the way, when I'm supposed to be doing something else. Does that sound familiar? Uh, this is a very insidious uh, category of distractions uh, or of you know unfocusing things. So it's a very insidious category because often these ideas are great, or at least they sure seem great when you're supposed to work on something else. And you find yourself tempted to work on them. I sort of find myself tempted to work on them. Um, you think, oh, you know, I got to strike while the iron is hot. But wait, you know, I was in the middle of striking a hot iron. <laughs> and you know what happens next. You keep raising your hammer above a newer, hotter, more exciting iron, and you never strike. You just keep going from thing to thing. Uh, and eventually, you know, you're just so far from what you were supposed to be doing. But you've got like five new things. And you feel like you made progress, but you actually didn't make progress. Um, so this is what the form is for. You write the idea down, and then you evaluate it later. Uh, so when, the, when you aren't dying to distract yourself from writing this short story, like when you aren't dying to distract yourself from working, um, that's when you're going to look at this idea you just had. So you write it down. You, know, you take a moment and just quickly record this idea you had. You know, Don't make a bunch of notes. You just like write really quickly down a poem about uh, a dog that is also a cucumber, whatever. Um, then when you're done your work session, you look through the ideas and decide, are they actually good ideas? Are they actually things that you do want to pursue? At that point, then transfer the, them to some you know other notebook, wherever you keep your big bunch of ideas. You know, you got some sort of someday maybe to-do list, or you've got you know a notebook of ideas. Uh, again, when you're not working on the thing you're supposed to be working on, that's when you can explore this idea and or make some further notes about it. Or, you know, you just decide not to worry about it and don't transfer it from the form. Uh, so anyway, you get a cool new idea. You minimally just jot it down on the focus form. Then you go back to working on the thing you're supposed to work on. Um, the point is the idea will keep. You know, any author who has or any artist with any experience knows this. Ideas are cheap. Ideas are worthless. Uh, you can't copyright ideas. That's how worthless they are. And, and I just mean worthless in the sense that... Um, they aren't worthless like ideas have value but again the execution is so much of it that really um you, you know you you can't be stuck on ideas what's valuable is an idea properly executed so stop not executing the ideas uh, you know because you get a new one just you know focus on executing the idea Worry about just recording the ideas really quickly on the form and then come back to them when you have you know time to do that. Now, the more obvious category of things that unfocus you is distractions, you know, just pure distractions. Um, technically, these are all distractions, like these getting a new idea is a distraction, um, but I just kind of move it into that separate category because ideas actually have value in the sense of I could execute them and then they could matter. Um, whereas like a distraction doesn't have value for you in that same way. And your anxiety doesn't really have value in the same respect. 
although you know they're all distractions on one level but we're talking pure distractions like you find yourself working and then all of a sudden you find yourself on facebook well again catch yourself doing that close down facebook uh, immediately and write facebook on the form you know, so find the distractions column, write Facebook on the form, then get back on your task. You know, read the what, read the why, get back on the task. Uh, now, there's a couple things that are happening when you do that. So one, you're practicing catching yourself in the middle of the habit, which is the first step towards breaking that habit. Uh, and you're listing out the different distractions. So you're taking, you're catching yourself, and you're making a list of what you caught yourself doing. So later on, when you're done your work session. You know, go through this list or every you know week or whatever, go through a bunch of these forms and look at the lists uh, and see where you're wasting your time. So this is a great thing because, again, you're kind of cataloging your distractions. You may have the idea that you get distracted by Facebook a lot because you always catch yourself doing it. But maybe you actually get distracted by something else that you're not in the habit of catching yourself with. So you could find out when you start objectifying objectively quantifying what you're actually being distracted by you could find out that well actually facebook's not that big a problem but what's a real problem is i'm getting hungry or whatever it is um or i go to get like uh, a drink and i'm walking to the next room and then once i'm in the next room you know something else catches my attention and you know so on and so forth uh, whatever it is, you know, you're going through this list later and you're getting a more objective sense of what you're doing and not doing during the writing session. So I might think I wasted my time on Facebook, but maybe I actually wasted it reading articles I found while on Facebook, for example. You know, so it may just be an enabler. It may not be the problem. Uh, and But, you know, it could be the problem, right? Your goal in any case is uh, to figure out what you can do to prevent yourself from getting distracted next time. So don't punish yourself when you catch yourself getting distracted. But you know, later on, think, okay, I see a pattern of distraction here. I keep getting caught up on whatever at Facebook. Um, why am I getting so distracted there? You know, how can I break that pattern? So I noticed a little while back that I spent a lot of time checking Facebook because uh, it's not that Facebook itself was that interesting to me, but I was checking the Facebook page of a very toxic person that stresses me out. And I was kind of in the habit of thinking, okay, maybe if I just like looked at their page, I can figure out like what they're doing and what they might do next. You know what I mean? Um, so I just blocked them. So I blocked them not, you know, just because I was like, I just basically to prevent myself from looking at their page. It wasn't that I didn't want them to see my pages and stuff. It's that I didn't want to have access to their information. Um, so I can't check that page and I started getting like a ton of work done. My stress level dropped uh, and everything, you know. So uh, sometimes, you know, that's the kind of thing you have to do. You have to kind of look at what's distracting you and even just kind of look really closely at what's distracting you. Like maybe you spend too much time on Twitter, but why is it that you do that? You know, are you catching yourself? So again, if you write this down, you're just like on Twitter arguing with people on Twitter um, uh, reading articles like whatever it is try to be as specific as possible when you catch yourself in the distraction what exactly are you doing um, are you tweeting are you reading tweets are you you know whatever uh, now the third category is anxieties uh, if you ever get stressed out and distract yourself with the stress um, 
I mean, I do that all the time. If you catch yourself doing that, um, then this column will really help you. Now, I find that these anxieties range quite a bit. So often they're related to the project. And this is why maybe you're procrastinating in the first place or why you're so susceptible to distraction because you've got anxieties connected to this project. So maybe you think like the most common being like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> you know, the stuff I'm writing sucks so hard. Uh, you know, and that's stressing you out. So again, in that scenario, I would just write down on the form. I would catch myself thinking something like that and getting stressed out. And then, you know, you're kind of finding it hard to write or whatever. So I would write down the form like, this scene sucks. I hate writing this scene. I am doing a bad job. Like whatever the anxiety is, I would write it down on the form. And then go back to task. Um, maybe you're, it's a broader thing. You're stressing out about life. You know, my daughter's mad at me. Uh, she's not returning my text, blah, blah, blah. You know, whatever you think, you write it down on the form. Um, again, whatever you catch yourself thinking. So you're catching yourself with the thought. And you're recording the thought. Uh, and you just are sort of telling yourself that later on I'm going to worry about that stuff, like when I'm not working. Um, I tell writers all the time uh, when they say, oh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I find it so hard to write because I worry that, you know, what I'm writing is no good. I say to them, well, you know, that's fine, but um, you should just worry about that after you write. Um, and this is a way to do that. You write the scene, and then you worry about how much the scene sucks. Just separate the two things. Um, or, you know, the fact that somebody's not texting you back or whatever it is that's stressing you out. You, know, you feel like you're in bad, you know, you need to get more exercise. And what am I doing sitting here? You know, my back's starting to hurt. Whatever it is, you just write it down. Uh, maybe I've got, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to have a heart attack. Whatever it is, like whatever you're freaking out about, you write it down. doesn't mean that it's, you know, it's not to dismiss the thing, uh, but just to record it and externalize it a little bit out of your head. Now, the course concepts of this whole form, uh, and certainly this anxiety section, but the whole form uh, is predicated on concepts from cognitive behavioral therapy. So uh, it's also, you know, CBT is the acronym. But if you're doing, if you know anything about cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT, you'll recognize certain aspects of this. Uh, also, if you just do mindfulness meditation, which is, you know, uh, a different, a particular type of meditation, um, if you're familiar with either of those, you'll recognize maybe the common denominator here between all this stuff and this form is that you're practicing attention. You're practicing paying attention and you're trying to practice catching yourself performing unconscious habits. Uh, and you're trying to isolate the things that draw your attention away from what you want it to be focused on. So you're objectifying your abstract thoughts in this anxieties example. Now, a lot of the time what I find is that simply writing on the form what I'm worrying about is enough to stop me from worrying. So I'll be like, be freaking out. Uh, and it's like, my teenage daughter isn't replying to my texts. It's like, well, maybe she's mad at me or whatever. And then I write, as soon as I write the down, I'm like, oh, that's right, she's a teenager. <laughs> it's like, you remind yourself. Like right now she's 19, but when I wrote this initial version of this form, like she was younger, right? So um, it's like, oh, well, I'm worrying about a teenager not replying to her dad's texts. Well, uh, what a stupid waste of time. Like, of course she's not. It's moronic uh, to even expect her to. <laughs> I should just be you know, surprised and grateful every time she does it, you know, rather than actually worrying about when she doesn't do it. Um, so sometimes it's just 
as soon as you externalize and write it down, you kind of just catch yourself in the ridiculousness of the anxiety. And it kind of is enough to make it go away. Other times, you have like a real thing you're actually worrying about. And it's not like stupid. Um, it's just that you don't have to do it right now. Like you can do it in two hours. The problem will still be there. Um, and there's nothing you could do to solve it uh, now. So you might as well just delay the worry. If you actually were going to a psychologist because you were having a lot of anxiety issues, one of the really common things that they will often advise you to do is set a worry schedule, like set a time, like schedule a time when you're going to worry. And outside of that time, just record your worries and then, you know, worry about them then. Uh, And it is a ridiculous thing when people hear it. But if you actually try that kind of thing out, what you'll find, of course, is that it works i mean it's all based on neuroscience and uh, behavioral science so this form is the same basic idea you know you've got your writing time scheduled and you try to keep everything else out of that time and the form is a way uh, to help you do that but at the same time you're not dismissing things you're externalizing things in your head onto the form you're catching yourself in behaviors so you're practicing catching yourself so you're going to find that you Um, notice this more when you first start using the form actually you're going to feel like it's not working because you're going to feel like you're more distractible you're going to be like catching yourself in all these ways that you distract yourself and you're going to think oh this form doesn't work Uh, it's making me more distracted because here I am you know I mean I'm catching myself like 80 times an hour being distracted by things well before you were just as distracted you just didn't catch yourself Uh, Now you're catching yourself or you're practicing catching yourself. You're going to start doing it more. You're going to catch yourself more. So again, it's going to feel like and seem like you're very distracted and like the form's not working. But over time, what happens is, again, you're practicing catching yourself, but then you're eliminating uh, the distractions in a sense. So you're getting off the distraction faster because of, you know, being able to catch yourself faster. But you're also, you know, going to say take steps to not... um, get as distracted Uh, so uh, again it's a simple example if you find yourself on Facebook let's say your phone texts uh, are the thing that's distracting you well put your phone in airplane mode while you write you know it's a really simple thing like that or put your phone in another room or whatever Um, so again you can kind of start removing the distractions because now you know what they are you're not just doing guesswork and so on so with enough practice, this stuff uh, really works. Uh, it may not make you less anxious or less distractible, but it will um, allow you to kind of analyze a situation and then um, figure out how to become less distractible and how to become less anxious. Like, so like the form, the form does help in and of itself um, because you're effectively just recording behavior. And anytime you record behavior, you alter behavior. That's a... Uh, like core scientific principle uh, in terms of behavioral science. Uh, Recording behavior alters the behavior. So the form does work in and of itself, but the power of it is that it records things then later out of the work session, you can use the form to help you sort of redesign your situation and your life and your work schedules and so on. So like a simple example here is like if you find yourself getting tired uh, and 
something you know along those something along those lines and you record like oh i'm distracted because i'm tired i'm worrying that i need to go to sleep or whatever well maybe you need to find a different time to work say or whatever or get more sleep or whatever it is i mean you're going to find a million different things that are keeping you from doing your work and unfocusing you um and i say try it for at least a week like you should try it longer than that but try it for a full week it's a little bit of extra work and it feels like it's wasting a lot of your time to doing this new thing but functionally it's going to save you a lot of time it's going to save you from wasting a lot of time it's going to really um sort of change your life in a in a certain way once you start you know catching yourself in these acts that are pulling you away from what you're supposed to be doing uh, if all that happens from using this form for a week is that you block a toxic person whose feed you shouldn't be checking then you know the focus form will pay off you know right there um, but the more you're in the habit of using some sort of form like this uh, you know the more benefits you're going to get out of it uh, and again over time it's going to really pay off it'll feel like it's not paying off uh, i will warn you that it'll feel like it's not working because you'll start to notice how distractible you are uh, in a way you never did before and it may even stress you out and if so just write that down in the form write down i'm so distracted uh how am i ever going to you know learn to do anything how am i blah blah, blah? like whatever's in your head just write it down real quick like i say worry about it later Read the what, read the why, get back to work. So uh, check out jonathanball.com slash 32 for you know, an, uh, this article. Uh, you can share it with others. You can read it again. Um, you can listen uh, to the podcast there and, again, share it. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to this podcast if you haven't already. Uh, jonathanball.com slash focus form uh, is where you can get this focus form. Let me know how the form works for you. Drop me a line. I'm always at Jonathan at JonathanBall.com. Try it for at least a week. You know, you can download my pretty form and use it, or you can just make it on any piece of paper lying around. Draw a cross. You got four quadrants. What, why, ideas, distractions, anxieties. Thanks for listening, and keep writing the wrong way. Yeah.